Well, welcome, friends, to another podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Wiggins, and I am your Generation Z and Millennial Experts. Today's date is August 27th, 2020. This is episode number six of season one. And I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in today. This is a daily podcast, Monday through Friday, and we discuss real world problems with Generation Z and millennials, while I also share a little bit about my upbringing and how that can relate to Generation Z and millennials. So again, thank you for joining us and we look forward to enjoying you with, along with the ride. Today, we're gonna discuss a very heavy and controversial topic. With today's socioeconomic and the state of our country, this cannot be dismissed. The cultural revolution is front and center for millennials and Generation Z. Cultural revolution that we haven't seen since the 1950s and the 1960s. Make no mistake about it. The term racism has never gone away. This has occurred regardless if you're on the left side of politics or the right side of politics. Unfortunately, now we are seeing two stars collide and it has made a huge impact within our daily lives and the hatred and the separation of our country. Uh, currently, if you follow the news, the headlines consist of what? It consists of COVID-19 and the current violence surrounding Black Lives Matter. Yes, you will hear the counter argument and it's not a bad argument. It's not a right or wrong argument. The argument will be based on all lives matter. Of course, all lives matter, but not all lives have had to have the ill effects, the daily, the daily confrontations because of the color of their skin. That is the difference between being black America and stating all lives matter. And what I really want to discuss is how my generation, Generation X, they have failed and they have failed miserably and have let racism pretend that no longer existed. Black people have continued to fight for equality and have experienced inequality, uh, justice, and everything in between because Generation X basically and literally swept it under the rug. And now we are seeing the effects of this. And therefore, it's something that we have to figure out how to solve at this point. The majority of the podcast, you know, I like to incorporate my own experiences and how they may relate to the current events. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I've experienced uh, racial injustice or the inequality that Black America has experienced because I haven't. But growing up as Generation X, I was picked on and treated unfair during my childhood. But so has everybody. Kids are mean. And this has always been the case and will likely continue to be the case. But imagine once you are no longer a kid, imagine 
that just due to the color of your skin, either be light black, dark black, or brown, whatever it may be, imagine somebody judging you uh, outside of being a kid in the workforce because just because of the color of your skin. And, you know, as a child, you would expect this. Does it make it right? No. But due to the color of your skin, especially in black America, they are being treated with unimaginable treatment. I mean, look at George Floyd. Look at the recent case in Wisconsin with a black American being shot in the back. This is just profound and it can't continue as such. So that leaves us as millennials and Generation Z to clean up the mess that Generation X swept under the rug. Baby boomers, those between 1946 and till 1964, they were in the forefront of the 1950s and the 1960s and the riots for either equality uh, or, or, the, or against equality, whatever it may be, they were in the forefront. Racism was something that was top and heavy on everyone's mind. But then Generation X, after it seemed like everything cooled down, it became something that ran dormant. Well, the lion has reached outside of the cage and now it is no longer dormant. It is a heavy and controversial issue that unfortunately is dividing America. And so therefore we have to confront this. So the question is, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? It's time to do our part and no longer sweep racism under the rug. Generation Z and millennials have to be at the forefront of this fight for equality. White America, Black America, Brown America, regardless of the color of your skin, needs to be a part of the solution. We can no longer expect this just to go away. We need to clean up a mess before it reaches those that were born in 2016 and beyond. By the time Generation Alpha is older, we need to nip this in the bud and make sure racism is no longer a part of our daily lives. And I am going to discuss eight key ways that we can fight racism in the community within a, shortly within a little bit of this podcast. And so we look at this, we have current platforms that are used by professional sports. Uh, currently, we have football players, baseball players, basketball players. They are protesting. They are using their platform to share that inequality can no longer be a part of our daily lives. People are upset. You might have seen the video coverage of Doc Rivers, who is the Los Angeles Clippers basketball coach. He was very emotional after a game. He wasn't discussing how his team destroyed the Dallas Mavericks. He is talking about how the confrontation, the inequality, and the fight, and, and the gentlemen in Wisconsin that were shot in the back several times, and how they were able to continue to suffer because of the lack and the ability of us to understand and create an atmosphere of equality amongst everyone. 
I live in San Diego, California, as I mentioned before, and we have a lot of racism in our own backyard, in our own communities. But guess what? Until recently, you never heard much about racism. Now we're seeing swastikas, we're seeing things of that. Maybe it's the emotional distress of COVID-19. And maybe that's what's created all this. Maybe it's depending on your political affiliation, uh, your, your hatred, your dividedness. I'm not sure what it is, but it's a confrontation among Americans, among the, the key figures in our society that are supposed to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. But there are ways, as I mentioned earlier, that we can fight every day. We can find ways to fight racism. So today I want to share eight specific reasons. And one of the steps is learn to recognize and understand your own privilege. What does that mean? To learn to recognize and understand your own privilege. One of the first steps is to eliminate racial discrimination is by learning to recognize and understand your own privilege. Racial privilege plays out across our social, economic, political, and cultural environments. Checking your privilege and using your privilege to dismantle the systems of racism are just two ways to begin the complex process. However, race is only one aspect of privilege. Religion, gender, and sexual ability status, social economical status, these are all aspects that are important to Generation Z uh, because they are going to be the likely generation that no longer cares about what your gender specific is. They are they have shown that over 50% know somebody that is not gender specific. They may not be specific to male or female. And so therefore that means Generation Z will likely be more understanding. It can help, along with millennials, help move uh, uh, the equality of black individuals. They need to, we need to use the privilege that we have to collectively empower others, which requires first being aware of those privileges and acknowledging their overall implications. Step two, examine your own biases and consider and consider where these biases uh, originate. Now, what messages did you receive as a kid about people who are different from you? How did you experience that? What was the racial and ethnic makeup of your neighborhood, your school, your religious community? Was this information okay? Was it okay to be racist? Uh, in my school, I can say that we, in the four years that I was there, we had one family that was black, only one family. Were we racist? I would definitely like to think not, but I have heard from that family that they felt they had racism all around them during the school. Did I ever feel that way? No, but why not? Because I was white. I didn't understand or feel that racial divide that they felt. Uh, these experiences produce and reinforce biases uh, the stereotype and the prejudice, which can lead to discrimination. Uh, when we think that we don't see people of the same color of our skin, 
we don't recognize them. So that's why it's so important to examine your own biases and consider where they may have originated. Step three, validate the experiences and feelings of people of color. This is a big one. Another way to address bias and recognize privilege is to support the experiences of other people and engage in tough conversations about race and injustice. We cannot be afraid to discuss oppression and discrimination for fear of getting it wrong. Taking action by learning about the ways that racism continues to affect our society. For example, by watching documentaries, there's a few out there. There's one that's called 13th, or there's books that are called American Eye or Hidden Figures. These are just a few that show how biases and the feeling of people of color really do originate. Step four of this eight-step process, challenge the colorblind ideology. Think about this. As, as a white American, am I colorblind? I don't know because I've never really recognized that there's a problem. Of course, the underlying part of me is Generation X is I felt the oppression and I understood the oppression that Black America felt, especially in the 1950s and the 1960s. But imagine the pervasive myth that we live in a post-racial society where people don't see color. That is garbage because it's not true. And we need to challenge it because people do see color. And, and maybe it's not wrong to see color, but let's not see it as a negative connotation. Let's see it as something prosperous, a part of being an American, and it shouldn't matter the color of our skin. We've heard all that. When Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. described his hope for living in a colorblind world, he did not mean that we should ignore race. It is impossible to eliminate racism without first acknowledging race. Being colorblind ignores a significant part of a person's identity and dismisses the real injustices that many people face as a result of race. We must see color in order to work together for equity and equality. Number five step of the eight, call out racist jokes. This is something that we can do every single day. This is not something that we can let go and, and be okay with because it is not okay uh, for racism jokes. Let people know that racist comments are not acceptable. If you are not comfortable or do not feel safe being confrontational, try to break down the thought process and ask questions. For example, that joke doesn't make sense to me. Could you explain it? Or maybe you say, you may be kidding, but this is what it means when you say that type of thing. Do not be afraid to engage in conversation with loved ones, uh, friends, or coworkers. Microaggressions can appear in the form of racist jokes or statements, uh, perpetuate abnormal biases and prejudices. Remember that not saying anything or laughing, it implies you agree. This means that you are part of the problem, not part of the solution. So if you want to be the cool person, then don't agree. Be the person that stands up and says, this is not okay. This is not acceptable. And I don't appreciate that. 
And number six, find out how your company or school works to expand opportunities for people of color. Systematic racism means that there are barriers, including wealth disparities, criminal justice biases, and education and housing discrimination. That stack of deck against people of color in the workplace or school has been predominant for years. A lot of the areas that suffer within our country are in poor demographics. And what makes up poor demographics? It typically uh, encompasses Black America. Same thing for, uh, for, for diseases. Uh, COVID-19 has succumbed to Hispanics and Black America. And guess who it affected the least? Uh, it's typically been white America. So as we're looking at the stack, uh, the stack of cars against people of color or in the workplace, think about this. For example, the African-American policy, which is also known as the AAPF, reported that in 2014, a 12-year-old girl faced criminal charges in addition to expulsion from school for writing high, H-I, high, on a locker room wall. Their campaign, Black Girls Matter, addressed the issues of over-policed and underprotected Black girls within education systems. It is important for companies and schools to address these issues and promote a culture of equality. Again, number seven, be thoughtful with your finances. Take a stand with your wallet. Sometimes it's better to open your wallet than your mouth. But again, I want to encourage everybody to speak out, but also open your wallet. Know the practices of companies that you invest in and charities that you donate. Make an effort to shop at a small local business and give your money to the people living in the community. Your state or territory may have a directory of local minority-owned businesses in your area. Take advantage of this. And the last step of the eight, number eight, adopt an intersectional approach in all aspects of your life. Remember that all forms of oppression are connected. You cannot fight one form of injustice and not fight against others. So again, when this occurs with inequality of gender status, religion status, the color of your skin status, that injustice and equality, I mean, all of these, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your political affiliation, religious affiliation, these are just parts of the oppression that all these groups may feel at some point in time. So it is not okay. Many survivors of domestic violence, as an example, also face racism and other forms of oppression. We must recognize and support survivors' unique uh, experiences. So these are just a few ways that we can stand together to make sure that as millennials and Generation Z and future generations. Uh, so today we have discussed the impact that racial inequality has had. We discussed the eight steps for everyday ways to fight racism. We talked about the cultural revolution of the 1950s and 1960s, the protests that started with Rosa Parks, the message from Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, the, the message from uh, Malcolm X, and we talked about how Generation X has failed and millennials and Generation Z 
have taken on that baton to make sure that we fight against social inequality for good. We've discussed the recent, how we go from here and what we can do. So again, I'd like to thank everybody. I know today was a very heavy conversation. It was very emotional. I hope you can understand and hear the raw emotions that I'm feeling. But again, as Generation Z and millennials and organizations, we all need to make a part. As individuals, we all play a part in determining how we successfully fight against all these sorts of oppressions, the inequality, and all the racism and things that are still out there today. So again, thank you again. Uh, I appreciate everybody following. Please let your friends and family know that you can find us on all the different podcast platforms from, from Stitcher uh, to Apple to TuneIn to iHeart. These are just a few along with Deezer and other podcast platforms. So again, thank you very much. I look forward to talking to you on tomorrow, which is Friday, uh, August 28th. And thank you again. I am your Generation Z and millennial expert, uh, Dr. Jason Wiggins. And again, if you want to have inquiries or you have comments, please don't hesitate to reach out to me via email. My email is jwiggins, excuse me, jason at jwigginsconsulting.com. Again, that's jason at jwigginsconsulting.com. Thank you again, friends. Have a great rest of your day or evening, wherever you may be. Goodbye from San Diego, friends.